The Mariners have only acquired right-handed hitters this offseason. Why is that? Where are the lefties? Also, are the M's going to turn their attention to the pitching side of things after signing Mitch Garver? Colby and I will answer that and more on today's episode of Locked On Mariners. Let's get into it. You are Locked On Mariners, your daily Seattle Mariners podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ahoy, sailors. It is Wednesday, December 27th, 2023. This is Tidding and Colby Patnode for the Lockdown Mariners podcast, brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 bucks if your team wins. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on. That's L O C K D O N to get yourself started. Thank you so much for making us your first listen. Subscribe, like, and turn alerts if you're watching on YouTube. Or subscribe and leave a five-star review on your preferred podcast platform if you like what you hear. And if you're part of the crew and rock with us every single day, let us know in the comments below. We'd love to hear from you. And if you want to hear from us even more, please consider signing up for our Patreon. You can now get a free seven-day trial to check out the show. The link, as well as our social accounts, is in the description of this episode. So we've got a couple leftover questions from yesterday's mailbag that we're going to answer today. So let's do that. Let's answer these questions. We're going to start with Dan. Wants to know, why are the Mariners so focused on right-handed hitters? With a park that favors lefties, already having Julio, Ty, Urias, and going to face more right-handed pitchers, why not focus on adding a left-handed middle-of-the-order bat? Who says they're not? Who says they're not focused on that? The, the problem is, there aren't that many of those guys out there right now. It's just the way the market is. And at the very least, they've landed guys that should project well at t-mobile park specifically mitch garver like his power plays at t-mobile park just fine like the the marine layer isn't going to kill his power at least entirely uh and he also has fine splits against righties and, and lefties like he's he's good against right-handed pitching as well uh urias has been good at, against right-handed pitching at times um his overall career numbers aren't great in that department 93 wrc plus against righties i mean he's not useless against righties but he's not particularly great against them either Uh, He's more, you know, he's more so better against lefties, but still, like, you can use him against righties. Uh, And really, who knows about Sebi Zavala, right? Because, like, who knows if his bat is going to play at all in general, like, no matter where he plays, uh, whether it's Seattle or somewhere else. Uh, So he's kind of the mystery there, but you also didn't necessarily acquire him for the bat, and he's not really, you know, viewed as someone that's going to be a big part of the, uh, the offensive production for the Mariners in 2024. Uh, so really just focusing on Garver and Urias right now, both of those guys should be fine, really. Um, and I, I think when this is all said and done, they are going to land a, a left-handed bat, but again, those guys are very few and far between right now. And there's, uh, there's a premium on that because of how limited those guys are. And the Mariners are definitely not the only team right now looking for left-handed bats. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, like just look at him free agency. Who's a left-handed power bat that's even available in free agency. There's Bellinger, but yeah. there's some pretty serious risk with Bellinger. And there's also the fact that, you know, the Mariners aren't going to spend 180, $200 million on a player this offseason. It's not going to happen. Um, so Bellinger's probably out and you take him off the list. And it's, I mean, is Brandon belt even going to play? Like, is that a guy that makes some sense? Maybe, uh, yeah. but only if you trade Ty France. So, uh, you're, you're kind of at, a, uh, you know, at a difficult spot where I don't think the idea of, I don't think you need a like middle of the order, uh, type of left-handed bat in, in a traditional sense where it's like, I want a lefty who's going to hit 30 home runs. 
I don't think you need that guy. I think Julio's a pretty good bet to hit 30. I think Cal's a pretty good bet to hit 30. Napoli, Napoli did it again. Garver, there you go. same player, same player. Mm-hmm. Garver, probably going to hit 25 to 30 if you give him 500 plate appearances. Uh, and they do have some some lefty pop. You know, Canzone can certainly, we, we've we seen what he can do, uh, you know, in the power department. Yeah. Uh, so uh, even Josh Rojas came over and he slugged a little bit for Seattle. So they definitely need a left-handed hitter, I think. But I think they're just looking for a quality bat overall. Um, ideally, that would be a left-hander, but you can only force so much. You can't just, you know, go pay Cody Ballinger $50 million more than you think he's worth just because he's a lefty and you really prefer a lefty to a righty. You just have to take what's what's available to you. And right now there are a lot of right-handed bats on this free agent market and the trade market really hasn't gotten going for anybody. So it's a little tough to say yep. who's even available. Uh, I still think Max Kepler is is the guy and, and he's not a traditional like cleanup hitter left-handed cleanup hitter type but i think he slots in pretty nicely into that number three spot in the lineup um and you know i think the mariners don't need the problem with the mariners last year wasn't that they didn't hit enough home runs um it's it's that they weren't consistent enough throughout their lineup and making a ton of contact could the mariners have hit more home runs sure yeah absolutely that would be fine that'd be great but do they need to add more home run power than they had last year to get better no they don't need it. Uh, but I think the power right now is actually okay. I think you have a bunch of 20 home run types. Um, and then you see what what happens after that. But the simple answer is, is I'm sure they would really like to add a left-handed hitter who could hit, you know, three uh, for them and, and hit, you know, 30 home runs and, you know, slug 500 or better. And it's just like, okay, cool. Who are they? And how right. do you get them? Yeah, That's I think it's the million dollar question. Yeah, I think outside of uh, Bellinger, if you're looking for someone on the um, on the market, on the free agent market, it's Jock Peterson, but you can't play him in the field. So that's basically it's what we talked about with Solaire yesterday, that if you got Peterson, you'd have to trade Ty France and then you'd probably have to teach Mitch Garver to play first base. And then Garver's playing first base for you most of the time. And you probably don't want that because of Garver's injury history. So. Uh, that's not a particularly great fit. I mean, maybe Eddie Rosario makes some sense for them at some point this offseason. Uh, but it's he's not he's not like a, guy. he's not a dude, right? He's just a guy, right? He's like a 100-ish WRC plus guy coming off of a pretty good year defensively. But he's not what I think you're looking for here with this question. Uh, and then there's you know some guys on the on the much lower end who. Might even get a minor league deal. Jared Walsh, Austin Meadows, you know, maybe they kick the tires on on a couple of those guys. Uh, but if you're going to add your left-handed bat, especially someone in the bold that I think you're thinking of with this question, it's going to be via the trade market, and it's probably like someone like Max Kepler, um, and even him. You know, there's obviously like he hasn't been necessarily a star, <laughs> you know. So there's mm-hmm. obviously limitations even on on someone like Kepler or Mike Yastrzemski. Um, I just, I don't think that you're going to get that guy unless you sign Bellinger, which that's not going to happen. So no, you just, I think you just need to focus on getting a good quality hitter. Um, and then that guy hits 18 home runs and instead of hitting 210 home runs this year, you hit 195, but your on base percentage goes up 10 points and, and, you know, your slug because you're still hitting doubles goes up 10 points. Then I think you just live with that. So. 
Um, right. even the, even the guys that we've talked about, like the big thunder, thunderous bats in the trade market, apparently, or mm-hmm. allegedly available in the trade market. Most of them are right-handed. The yeah. Rosarena, Paredes, like Goldschmidt, like a lot of the guys that we're talking about here, they're still right-handed hitters. So yeah. there's just a lack of options really in terms of left-handed power bats. There are some good options for just left-handed solid hitters, like 115, 120 WRC plus types. You can go get those guys, and I think they're trying to. But if you're looking for like 30 home runs from a left-handed bat to stick in the middle of the lineup, I don't you're think not you're not getting it. Yeah, you're, you're not getting it. All right, thank you so much for your question, Dan. We're going to answer a couple more questions coming up here in just a moment. But first, a reminder, this episode of the Locked On Mariners podcast is brought to you by FanDuel. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use, and there's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and a whole lot more. And the Mariners might not be playing right now, but the Kraken and Seahawks are. So whether the action is on turf or on the ice, whether it's Jared McCann or Geno Smith, you can bet on it all with FanDuel. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn, that's L-O-C-K-D-O-N, and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the National Football League. And you're listening to the Locked On Mariners podcast. Thank you again for making us your first listen. And as a reminder, Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, every day. We got a couple more questions here as we do basically an extended mailbag today. Uh, we got this one from D Panky. Do you believe as time goes on, Jerry and Justin may be considering signing a pitcher more due to the available free agent outfielders or lack thereof, especially now with the prospect of Solaire signing being far less with uh, far less likely with Garber signed, ultimately to make trading a starter more feasible? Yes. Uh, somebody who's pitched that for the last couple weeks. Yes. Yeah. What do you think, Ty? <laughs> yeah, no, I, I mean, we talked about this before the off season started or before free agency officially started that it might make more sense for you to go out and sign one of these starters because that's what the strength of the free agent market is. And then turn around and trade Bryce Miller or Brian Wu for the bat or bats that you need. Talked about this a lot. Talked about about this ad nauseum, basically. Um, it's just, you know, who is that guy? Who is that pitcher? And what is the structure of that deal going to look like? And now that we have more context with regards to the money available uh, to Jerry DePoto and Justin Hollander, is there actually a pitcher that makes enough sense where losing Bryce Miller or Brian Wu for the bat is ultimately worth it that your roster is ultimately going to be in the best position that it can be by going down that path. There's only a few names that actually, especially now that the market has developed more, there's only a few guys that actually fit that description, right? Blake Snell is one of those guys. Well, I don't want to give Blake Snell like seven years and 
I even feel a little uncomfortable with giving him like $25 million a year, even over three or four years. Right. Yeah. Um, and he's probably going to get that. And the, the Mariners might not even have that kind of money to spend on him. They'd probably have to backload the contract, which buys them more time to figure out the RSN stuff and blah, 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 blah. Right. But that's kind of the, the, the picture that I look at that they would feel that they need to get in return in order to feel comfortable trading Miller or Wu. The other option, right, is to trade prospects for a pitcher to a team that's actually willing to take a pure prospect package or a mostly prospect package, which there aren't many teams like that right now because a lot of teams with the expanded playoffs and all that, they, a lot of teams think they have a chance to compete. And therefore, we've seen a lot more major leaguer for major leaguer trades as we assumed we were going to see heading into the offseason. Colby, you've mentioned, you know, trading for Freddie Peralta, uh, you know, trading in a prospect package for Freddie Peralta or trading a prospect package uh, for Dylan Cease. Um, Mm -hmm. So there are those possibilities, maybe. I don't know if they're actually possible. I don't know if they're realistic at all. But there's a couple of paths that you could potentially go down to do that. It's just, it's it's a very narrow window that you're trying to fit through with that. And I, I think the Mariners right now, judging from everything that we've seen and just kind of trying to put two and two together from the outside looking in, it feels like the Mariners are holding on for dear life to, to keep Miller or Wu. And that's probably because they're not able to go out. They feel that they're not able to go out and get that replacement pitcher or a quality enough replacement pitcher. Sure. I mean, part of that depends on how much you have to pay the bat uh, that you would in theory trade Miller or Wu for, uh, because if you're trading that guy, one of those guys for a $10 million bat, right. Then that's 10 million less. You have to go get the, the pitcher uh, that would replace Miller. Um, So uh, I think Seattle right now thinks that they can fix the offense without touching the young pitching. Um, and maybe they can, maybe they can't good start with Garver. They need at least one more everyday player and then probably at least another role player, uh, added to this roster. Um, and then obviously I still think they need another bullpen arm and I think it'd probably be smart of them to go get, you know, at least a number five starter, uh, that you could throw into the bullpen if things don't work out. So, um, yeah, I, I think we'll see how it turns out. The good news is, is that the market uh, while Jerry and Justin have kind of had to reshuffle their plan and, and basically rebuild it on like the day after free agency started, they had to start all over and rebuild it. The good news is that the market hasn't run away from them while they've done this. So they, they, you know, they're still in it. Uh, yes. A lot of, you know, big name players are off the board now, but players that the Mariners probably really didn't have any shot at. They were never going to get Otani, um, you know, Yamamoto, they were in on early, but once those numbers started getting to the 250, 300, like they're out, they were out. Mm-hmm. So uh, most of the players that we thought maybe they had a shot at, they're still, they're still available. Like they really are. Yeah. So, uh, and there hasn't been like a major trade for that controllable bat that the Mariners are looking for. Randy Rosarin is still in Tampa Bay, right? Like uh, Max Kepler is still in Minnesota. Like those bats haven't been traded yet. So I think the way that Jerry and Justin are looking at it right now, we can still go fix our offense, fix our offense without giving up Miller or Wu. Like those opportunities yeah. are still out there. Could we get to a point in this off season where that's not true anymore? Yes, we, we certainly could. 
Um, at which point then I think we could see them try and trade Miller or Wu. Um, and then go out and get it. The thing is, is that at that point, you're probably not getting somebody better than Bryce Miller. Um, to me, Miller, I feel comfortable projecting him as two win, two and a half win pitcher, uh, right. for this upcoming year. And so that I feel like I can go get for seven, eight million bucks on a one year deal. I think I can go get something close to that. Uh, but it has to be worth it because again, I'm giving up so much upside because the upside for Miller is certainly more than two and a half wins. Yeah. So the bat I have to give up, it, it's, it's a complicated issue for me. I think the best thing the Mariners can do is they go and they acquire, let's just say Max Kepler. Cause he's out there. He's not going to cost mm-hmm. you one of your big guns, go get Max Kepler, go sign Adam Duvall. And then you spend the rest. What would be about, I mean, depending on how the, the contracts are structured and whatnot, Maybe you got six, seven million bucks left. Go out and get a reliever. Go out and and take a couple shots on some of these uh, starter slash reliever types like Spencer Turnbull or uh, Fujinami or, uh, you know, go go get somebody like that who can kind of go back and forth. And then you just kind of, you know, you hope that one of those guys takes the job from Brian Wu so you can send him down to the minors and you have more pitching depth and Hancock's down in the minors and whatnot. And then you wait for Robbie Ray. But it's it's a really complicated uh, avenue the Mariners are looking at if they want to you know just build up this super rotation or super bullpen. So I think their plan right this second is to still keep Miller and Wu and then go out and and try and get the either you know eat eat some money on a contract as much as they can reasonably and then uh, just go get like a a good everyday player and then like a solid role player and then just kind of hope that that helps and then you can go into the season with your pitching intact and then if you get into july where you need to make a trade for a bat in theory both miller and Wu, their trade value would actually go up because it more proof of concept um and if you have to do that and obviously emerson is closer to the big leagues ford is closer to the big leagues young is closer to the big leagues etc so yeah uh, i'm on board with the whole like just go focus on your pitching, just make that as good as you possibly can. And then just kind of plug the holes offensively with average guys. Um, I don't think the Mariners are quite there yet though. Yeah. I'm sure the Mariners have had plenty of opportunities to, uh, to trade Miller or Wu uh, for bats for good bats this off season. Mm -hmm. But if they view it as, you know, we're we're not going to go sign a pitcher after that. Like, our rotation is what it is after we trade Miller or Wu. Then I think you can make a pretty strong argument that while the offense gets better, your roster as a whole is not better. It's actually worse because now your number four is Brian Wu and your number five is Emerson Hancock. Yeah. So I think that's kind of where they're at right now. Uh, that they they probably don't want to spend or they probably can't spend the money that it would take to get an appropriate replacement starter for Miller or Wu. I don't think they like because even if they were to go out and get a starter after trading Miller, do they view their roster as better or as significantly better uh, with like Randy Arozarena and James Paxson than they are with Bryce Miller and? Max Kepler. Kepler. Yeah. It's close, but I'd probably rather just keep my guys. 
it's close, but also when you factor in club control and yeah. the premium on starting pitching and young controllable starting pitching with someone like Miller, because again, you know, we've talked about this and why like Miller is going to be valuable on the tr- on the trade market, but that's also why he's valuable to the Mariners and why the Mariners would want to hold on to him is because he, especially now with these payroll concerns. And if you do get yeah. to a place, you know, one to two years down the road from now, where you do have to actually trade Logan Gilbert or Luis Castillo because of budgetary uh, restrictions, then Bryce Miller is a very valuable piece to you long term. Yeah, you'd be taking a pretty big risk on either Emerson Hancock or I guess Teddy McGraw just like exploding over the next yeah. few years and yeah. being a mid-rotation guy like pretty much the the second that they you need them to be. But um, one thing you could do is you could trade Miller for a bat and a prospect. We talked about this a little bit, like a yeah. pretty close to the big leagues prospect, if you can get it. And then you could use Wu to kind of dangle out there as the uh, primary piece to go get a Dylan Cease or a Freddie Peralta or Lazardo yeah. or whatever, right? And then you yeah. just have to go get a number five starter uh, or Hancock's a number four, and you've replaced Miller, essentially Miller and Wu with Santander, Norby, and Freddie Peralta, right? And then it's like, which one do you like better now? So they can get creative with it, but yeah, there there's, unfortunately there's a very like tough needle to thread for the Mariners front office, regardless of which direction they pick. Thank you so much for your question. Deep Panky. You're listening to the locked on Mariners podcast. Thank you again for making us your first listen. Got one more question to answer here. Uh, CJ wants to know which players do you think the Mariners are trying to actively extend or will extensions be on hold till the front office has a better idea of what the future holds for available money I don't here's the thing with this whole extension talk though is that like who's even a good candidate for that because like Gilbert's got four years of club control left you don't need to do anything with him Kirby's got five Cal's got four and he's a catcher who's going to be what 30 years old 31 years old before he's a free agent yeah yeah like who's the guy like who do you extend brash maybe maybe brash but he's making i I think it's the pitchers i think it's the starting pitchers and yeah they have a lot of club control but if you can get out ahead of it and get you know an additional year two even three years on that deal i think you do it right i mean that's the other thing too is that like extensions are different than a multi-year contract like extensions implies that you're buying out a free agent year. So for Logan Gilbert or for you to give Logan Gilbert an extension, it would have to be like a five-year contract uh, because he's got four years left. Now you can give him a multi-year deal and be like, Hey, look uh, like for example, Bryce Miller, right? Let's just say Bryce Miller, they go, Hey Bryce, we'll give you six years and $20 million right now. Mm. Bryce is going to lose money in the ARB years, but he's going to make more money now and if disaster strikes, he's going to get that money. So like you could see that where they just buy out his entire club control. I think you could see that. Yeah. But in terms of like who are the Mariners going to buy free agent years from? I don't know who that is because you've already done with Julio. I don't think you're going to do it with Cal Raleigh, who's going to be 31 years old before he's a free agent with a lot of catching on his resume. You're not doing it with Rojas. You're not doing it with Urias. You've already done it with JP. Like you're not doing it with Ty France, not a, not off of the year that he's coming, you know, he's coming from. So it kind of has to be a pitcher, but you don't have to do it with Kirby's not even ARB eligible. There's really no rush there. And Gilbert, you got four years. So yeah, no, I think I it's just trying it. to strike very, very. I think the only idea here would be to strike very, very early on Kirby and try to buy out a, a free agent year or two or three. 
Right. I mean, like if, if Kirby wants to do like six and 60 yeah, and that buys out one free agent year, then that's the other thing too. If you're, if you're the player, like if you're a player like George Kirby, you have a really high floor. So you feel pretty yeah. comfortable about knowing where your arbitration is going to go. So you're probably going to make league minimum this year. You'll make, you know, I think he might be super too. So he might get four cracks at arbitration. He'll make 4 million next year, eight the year after, you know, 12 to 15 and then 15 to 20. So like conservatively Kirby's going to make, let's see, 5 million, 13 million, 25 million. Let's just call it five and 40 just to be safe over the next uh, five years. So if he wants to sell you a free agent year at $20 million, then maybe you could do that. But right. the simple answer is there's just not a lot of guys to extend. Like, yeah. So the other idea, and this is very, very difficult to project, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Uh, a year from now, do you think we could see a Cole Young extension or like a, an Evan White type of contract to Cole Young? Let's wait and see if Young can even get to the big leagues this year. And that's the other thing too, is like, there's no reason to do that because like Young like there's just no reason. And we saw, you know, how much of a headache the Evan white deal eventually became not that it should have been, but it was. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I don't know, is Jerry feeling good that that's not going to be a situation again? Maybe, maybe not. So I don't think there's, I don't think there's anybody in this organization where it just makes way too a, much sense to extend them. Cause it's a little bit of it. a different situation from white, because we're talking about a player who's going to play up the middle rather than a first baseman. Right. And again, obviously that depends a lot on, on Cole young, you know? Um, but to me, if I'm Cole young, I'm like, let me just play, you know, with the Mariners for a couple of years and then we can, then we'll see how I feel. And then we can talk about it. But, um, you know, it's interesting or funny or whatever that the Mariners did try to do this with Jared Kelnick before he made his major league debut. Kelnick said no. And he probably lost a little bit of money. Um, Maybe not a ton, because if he goes out and he produces this year, then he'll get paid fine. But you know, I wonder if he regrets that. Could the Mariners try and do that with, you know, apparently they tried to do this with Logan Gilbert before he made his debut, and he said no. So it's definitely something they could consider. But that's the other thing too is like who's close enough to the big leagues right now that the Mariners can like incentivize to take this money now, and and then we'll have to add you to the forty man, and then you have a much better shot of being like you can extend Ryan Bliss. Or Ty Locklear? Yeah, it would have to be someone that we are not really expecting that they just believe in, like Perlanda Barroa. Yeah, if you want to get Barroa the Munoz deal that San Diego did, or no, that was Seattle. Yeah. Uh, fine. Like, and I mean, you know, last last winter they extended Dylan Moore, so maybe yeah. it's maybe it's like Justin Topa or Gabe Spire, but like nobody that we're going to be super pumped about. I just don't see it. I don't see the guy that you extend because like JP's got three years left on his deal. I think maybe four Cal's got four Gilbert's got four Kirby's got five Four, I think the only guy that where it would make sense would be Ty France. And that was only if he was coming off of a good year, he's not. So I don't think extending Ty. they're closer to non-tendering Ty France than they are to extending him. I don't see a person to do it with. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. There isn't really a a guy that makes a a ton of sense here. You know, unless somebody's willing to give you a deal. Yeah, like I think they they've probably engaged in talks with the starting pitchers to try and get a deal, and I I would think that the pitchers have said no as they probably should. Um, well, I mean, yeah, if if you're a Mariner right now, how good are you about how good are you feeling about giving this team a deal? Yeah, based on what they've done over the last six months. Yeah, 
Yeah. Not too great. So, yeah. Yeah. I just don't see it. Um, well, and the thing with Gilbert, too, like Divis said on Ben Ranieri's podcast, shout out to C Level, subscribe to C Level. He said that, you know, Gilbert got that offer and found it insulting. So, I think it was like six and 40, if I'm remembering yeah. correctly, which, yeah. by the way, that's not an insulting offer, but you don't get to tell Logan Gilbert what's insulting and what's not. So, well, and especially nowadays, right? Because yeah. Gilbert's now established, right? Kirby is now established, right? Like, so right. you're going to have to pay them. Too. You're going to have to pay them relative to what the projections are, which is very high end. Like, if you're trying to buy, I'm talking about if you're trying to buy out free agent years. If you're just trying yeah. to buy out the ARB years, that's a little bit of a different story. But if you're trying to buy out free agent years, you're going to have to come to the table with some big boy bucks. Right. Like, Logan Gilbert's got four years left, right? He's got four years of ARB. He's super two. He's probably in those four years going to average about 10 million bucks because he'll be on the low end for the first two years. He'll be on the high in the next two. It'll be about 10, four and 40. If you want to give Logan Gilbert four and 40 right now, just to ensure that, you know, and just have it be a level $10 million instead of having to pay him 22 million in his final year or whatever. Mm. Fine. But that's not an extension. All right. Thank you guys so much for all of your questions. We really appreciate it. We'll be back on Friday for Fan Fiction Friday. So keep an eye out on Twitter for the tweet to submit your trades. And uh, thank you so much for joining us here on the Lockdown Mariners podcast. For Colby Patnode, I'm Tiding Gonzalez. Be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. You can follow me at Tiding Gonzalez and Colby at CPAT11. That's CPAT11. You can also find all that stuff in the description of this episode. Thank you again for making us your first listen. Have yourself a beautiful baseball day. We'll see you next time. Peace.